0: All right, and welcome to the Comeback Podcast. Uh, The Comeback Podcast is focused on offering a platform for Indigenous individuals to come and share their comeback stories in a judgment-free zone. So we believe that there's a power within your voice, and we want to continue sharing this message with our audience and our communities across Turtle Island. So my name is Alicia Morrow. I am from Papikasis Cree Nation. I am 27 years old. And I am going to be a first-time mom in a week. In a week, <laughs> yeah, exciting. Oh <laughs> and these
1: are, and today I'm joined with uh, Lexi Sega Sun, Pipepot First Nations Otsinia Keante. My name is Lexi Obi. I'm from Pipepot First Nations. I reside in Regina, Saskatchewan, on Treaty Four Territory. Ter- <laughs> 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 territory. <laughs> <laughs> that word. <laughs> uh i'm 23 and yeah 24 in two days though i'm holding on to the 23
0: (laughs) let's be real
2: happy early birthday thank you thank you my name is caitlin tupet um i'm 27 years old it gets worse
1: (laughs) you get
0: wiser
2: (laughs) Um, I reside in Regina also. I'm from Kakawishtahau, First Nation. Uh, my maternal parents, oh, my maternal parents. <laughs> <laughs> my maternal grandparents are from Pai Pot and Muscapedine. My paternal grandparents are from Kakawishtahau and Wewe Sikapo. I'm excited to be here with my sisters and my kukum. Hi, kukum. <laughs>
3: are you sleeping? <laughs> It's getting late.
2: It's past her bedtime. I
3: mean. <laughs> hey, I still will be up at 2.30. What about you guys? Sleeping. Oh. <laughs> and I'll come home from casino and I'll be up at 5.30. With all your winnings. What about you guys? She'll
1: Sleep win drinking. big tonight. She'll buy those boots. <laughs>
3: My $1,500 boots.
0: These are bougie cook <laughs>
3: Uh, hi, I am Denise Anakwat. Um, my First Nation is Anishinaabe, and um, my Anishinaabe name is Makwa Mashkiki Anakwat, which is Bear Medicine Cloud. And uh, I am from the Saints First Nation out at Broadview. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome.
0: Welcome. Thank you guys all for joining. This is our first recording, our introduction to kind of what we want to do and you know where we want to go. We're building. We're three not. We're three sisters building a nonprofit, and this is kind of a stream of our nonprofit,
2: making our visions come to life.
0: Well, let's talk about that. Yeah. Sorry. So storytelling, you guys.
2: This is our first
1: podcast. Maybe we need to introduce. Why did we choose a podcast?
0: Uh, so the Comeback Society, like we had kind of started in 2018 from a dream um, of just sharing stories. And I had started sharing stories on Facebook and utilizing just written stories. But then I started to realize, like, you can't portray everything in a story um, the way that you could portray it, you know, written as, but you could... In a conversation. In a conversation. And I really thought back to the times of growing up and being able to, like, talk to our grandparents and our parents around the kitchen table and having just the normal conversations and so the kind of the podcast was kind of born through that idea and merging them together. So revitalizing our oral storytellings and also just sharing our comeback stories.
2: Mm-hmm. Creating connections also.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I think a big reason why we're here is because a lot of us are longing for this Indigenous community that we don't necessarily get in the city.
0: are <laughs> getting raspy. It's just so emotional. <laughs> I know. I know. But yeah, 100%. Like, we don't, um, you know, growing up as urban Indigenous people, not having a connection to our culture, uh, we really did long um, for, like, where did we belong?
1: And you don't see yourself in a lot of the spaces that you put yourself in. It's, like, not a reflection. So there's a gap in that in Regina, and I'm sure across Canada and Turtle Island, and that we need to create a community and be a part of this. So.
0: Mm That's why we're here. Yeah. So we wanted to kind of create just a community of Indigenous people sharing their stories, their journeys, whatever that may look like, whatever that is, um, and just hosting it on a platform where we can, you know, allow other people to tune in and hear other Indigenous voices.
2: Mm -hmm. I personally don't. um, I was raised in culture, so I was very lucky that way. But I definitely do understand the gap that is prominent. It's prominent everywhere—healthcare, schools, um, even in like our social systems. Like it's prominent everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> We're not so. laughing at that. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I just want to help bridge that gap because being a nurse working in emergency, I see this all the time. I see racism. Um, even in public, like when I'm not a nurse, but as soon as people find out I'm a nurse, it's just total game changer. They have more respect for me. Why mm-hmm. did they have that respect for me in the first place? Yeah. Just because of the color of my skin. That's, mm-hmm. that's not right.
0: Mm-hmm. And bringing these voices like, and building that gap, I think is, you know, we're all motivated and we're all driven and we're all, uh, you know, we come from the same, we want the same things for our people. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how we kind of got together. So I feel like
1: we won't be just telling <coughs> stories of, like, hardship and going through the tough stuff. I think we, like, the Comeback podcast is hopefully going to be created to sh- share stories of Indigenous excellence and, like, being able to see people like us and our people succeed in that being normalized.
0: Because, mm-hmm. yeah, we definitely don't, you know, there's not really a lot of platforms that do share Um, A lot of Indigenous excellence is a lot about, you know, we do have a history of trauma and we have a history of genocide. And so a lot of our times we hear those conversations about our people in that sense. We don't get to see or hear the success stories despite all of that.
1: And not to say that that's a bad thing. There's room for that. And I think there's a time and place, but I think it'll be good to create a space where we're focusing on.
2: Well, I think too, like a lot of people who pursue post-secondary um, <laughs> education. <laughs> no, like they cross paths with people who say, oh, we paid for your education. Oh. So they kind of, mm-hmm. that diminishes them feeling like they achieved something when they have all the right yeah. to feel accomplished. Mm-hmm. So I think we just need to eliminate that altogether and normalize Indigenous excellence without having someone thinking that they paid for us to get there.
0: hmm and like I know Caitlin, you've already mentioned that you're a nurse, and um, and then Lexi here, what what is your education in?
1: Okay, I have my bachelor degree from the University of Regina in Human Justice. I had this like big dream and vision of going on to be a lawyer because, like at a young age, you're like, oh, we don't see a lot of Indigenous lawyers. Like that's the idea of success, and I want to be the pinnacle of what success is. And so I chased that dream until like a year ago, being like, this is what's going to make me happy not realizing what my own spirit is and what my strengths and my goals are. And it's not sitting in an office and fighting for justice, which is valuable. But yeah, so now I'm a youth care worker at a residential treatment facility working mainly with Indigenous youth, and I love it. It is it is a tough job, but a rewarding job, and that's I wouldn't have known what I wanted to be without this chapter of my life and I know that I'll work with Indigenous youth for the rest of my life so Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I'm at and where my post-secondary schooling took me Mm -hmm.
2: and I think having you having access to like Indigenous youth and them having you to look up to opens a lot of doors for them Mm -hmm. seeing some like Indigenous excellence in front of them
1: even the gap we're talking about and we're trying to fill here it's like I still see it like in day-to-day life like these kids are growing up with these narratives that aren't written by them, being like what, where I'm coming from and what who my parents are and wh- what they've been through is where I'm going to go, and that's not the case or it shouldn't be the case for them. So mm-hmm. I think with us starting to fill this gap here, it'll eventually trickle down to hopefully our younger
0: generations too. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. What about you, Alicia?
0: <laughs> so I started my university uh, career off in education because I... I felt that I wanted to be a teacher, um, but I was in Suntep, and then I realized that I was so passionate about Indigenous studies, like Indigenous issues, um, and that I kind of wanted to focus more or less on that. So I ended up transferring to uh, FNU, First Nations University of Canada, and I just communicated with my Bachelor's of Arts, major Indigenous studies, and then a Certificate of Reconciliation in April this year. So yeah, I kind of, you know, I, same thing with you and uh, Lexi and Caitlin, Um, just really passionate about wanting to work with our people and give back. And so um, creating the Comeback Society is kind of, you know, a dream that I had and I really wanted to bring it to light and I wasn't too sure how to bring it to light until I met you two (laughs) and you two started talking (laughs) and I just realized that I'm not going to be able to achieve, you know, what I want to do without the support of other people with the same Mm. vision. And so it's so cool to see like how, you know, us, we came together to kind of bridge this all and make this happen. And then our cook'em came over tonight.
2: (laughs) came for some tea.
0: (laughs) she came for some tea and then she came and recorded a, a different episode and yeah now she's going to kind of be a host and just kind of like our insight into
3: she's <laughs> <laughs> she's just going to sit with us <laughs> good evening uh i really uh i'm I'm so happy to hear that all of you hold a, a degree in in various uh disciplines and um the way you speak of your degrees um it's already becoming a normalized thing and um, pretty soon it won't be an exception to the rule. So that's really, really, like you've got one positive already, like and a really strong positive. Mm-hmm. Um, when when I got my degree, it was sort of like you were an even bigger exception to the rule, um, depending what you majored in. So I have a double major of English and biology, which is Kind of strange, but anyway.
0: Um, You're pretty strange, but... I yeah, am, I'm
3: strange. And then my minor is um, Indigenous Studies. At one time was called Indian Studies and um, History. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, we're like literally four Indigenous women uh, with degrees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know.
2: Cookham paved the way for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um,
3: my grandfather was happy because I was the first person in, on... Um, my maternal grandfather, um, because I was the first person in his family to receive um, a post-secondary degree.
0: Yeah, that's a huge
3: accomplishment. It's mm-hmm. crazy. How old were you? I was 28. I think, 28, I think.
0: And you're only 29 now, so it doesn't really make sense.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: that's not true. I'm actually 31. <laughs>
2: Has nicer brows than all of us. <laughs> <laughs> and
3: they're not tattooed.
0: Oh! <laughs> Burned. Oh my
3: God. It's, it's but, crazy
1: to think that, like, where we all are with like university degrees, to be like, this is Indigenous excellence, like, when not too long ago you could get a degree and no longer be considered Indigenous.
0: Yeah. Like, to reflect on that, I, I honestly totally forgot about that.
3: The other thing, too, is uh, what, what Katie mentioned was um, you have a certain way that people will interact with you and or not interact with you. And when they discover your profession, it it's a very quick change. And I don't think that's fair um, to, to discriminate people that way. Because you could be extraordinarily intelligent and not hold a degree in anything. Mm-hmm. I, I recollect when I was doing, when I was um, working on my master's, I believe that my grade-wise, I believe my lowest grade was a 91. And um, I, 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 I don't know why people thought that was so far out. And like, <laughs> whatever. It, it, it meant nothing to me. Um, I felt major rewarded by the work that I personally evaluated myself. Mm-hmm. Like, was this worth the time and effort, and do I really um, explain what I'm trying to say in this project or in this essay or in this thesis and so on? Grades meant nothing.
2: Mm-hmm. I live in a society where... We're graded constantly.
1: I think there's like something to be said for being like an indigenous person walking in both worlds and being like, this is a colonial system grading us. And this is what they want us to put our value of like worth on is like this grade when like in reality, it's like, what work am I proud of? How did I walk through this? And what did I learn from
0: it? And that's what should really be valuable in the end.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: And, like, I just think, like, you know, walking in two worlds and, you know, getting my degree, I knew it was important as, like, an Indigenous person. It shouldn't be important, but as an Indigenous person, uh, to be looked at in the same light or the same lens in bigger uh, institutions, you need to almost have that education so that people can look at you and think, like, okay, like, they'll see you on the same playing field. And so when I was getting my degree, um... You know, I was I took my Indigenous Studies degree, but I was taught by all white people Mm -hmm. about our culture and about being Indigenous was taught from a colonial perspective from a white person in a colonial institution. And then I got a degree, and I'm somehow seen equally now because I have a degree.
1: And I feel like that's a very, like, shared experience is, like, as an Indigenous person, you have to validate your legitimacy through things like that or being, like oh, I'm now a valuable person because I'm a nurse or because mm-hmm. I have a university degree and because I work a career that pays me well when it's like our existence is just valuable. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that's not quite a common narrative yet or not not as common as it should be. Yeah. And I think,
0: you know, that's what I think we really all want to kind of share on this podcast is bringing to light these stories of this, you know, these journeys and, like, you know, so, so many, we know so many other brown people <laughs> that are doing so many great things mm-hmm. and it's like, we just want to put them out there and just to let them shine.
2: Mm-hmm. Highlight all of them, enhance indigenous representation in all fields and all mm-hmm. aspects of our life.
0: I'm here for it. I love it. I'm excited to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. So like, um... I guess we can just share a little bit about how are we all sisters? Because <laughs> we all have different last names and we're all from different reserves. Well,
1: me and Caitlin come from our maternal
0: grandparents, and brothers, so hello cousin. <laughs> <laughs> and so I am in a part. I'm in a partnership. <laughs> I'm in a relationship with Caitlin's brother. It's a, it's a partnership. Pretty much, they went half on a baby. <laughs> I did all the work, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Denise is Caitlin's cook'em. And then Lexi is my sister, but Lexi would be related to Denise, right? I think. We're all sorts of related, everybody. We're, brown. <laughs> we're all related. <laughs> everybody is just cousins, okay?
1: <laughs> we're all related in treaty four. <laughs> All my
0: relations. <laughs> you don't say that for nothing. <laughs> yeah, all my relations. <laughs> so we all come together and we're sisters, and that's our kokum, and that's the end of the story.
3: <laughs> what does it mean? All my relations. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're learning. <laughs> We could do like one uh one word a day. Like you can That's share. That's Cookum's feature. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anishinaabe time with Kukum Denise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> share one word every episode.
1: And we'll be guessing what it is.
2: Yeah. <laughs> How do you say all my relations?
3: It's in a Point.
2: Mitaguya.
3: Metagwia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send
0: you a have a swearing. <laughs> we'll be getting a All the swearings. <sighs> yeah, so this is just kind of like our introduction. We're just kinda, you know, hanging out. There's not really any way. We kinda want it to be real and raw. We want, you know, our episodes just to flow like we would just be at our kitchen table talking.
3: And we are at a kitchen table. True. So so, I'll leave some things for you guys to figure out all the time. So, you go home and ask your kinfolk, what the heck is Mitagya?
0: <laughs> well,
2: what have I got to prepare for?
3: <laughs> and then I'll give you a quiz. No. Just kidding. So, um, we were going to hear from Caitlin and her experiences as to how she has literally always been a very successful individual and she mentioned something earlier she mentioned something earlier that that really um should resonate with a lot of people very many people because she said well i was always in my culture
2: Mm -hmm. so i when i was originally brainstorming with alicia and lexi They both had shared their comeback story with me. And then I realized I didn't really have a comeback story like that. I was raised in culture. I was, my musham was part of residential schools. Same with my grandparents, my other grandparents. But I was lucky enough that they found the strength within themselves to reconnect with their Indigenous roots, to learn the language again, to learn the role in their ceremonies, and to learn how ceremonies like impact our families, our lives, everything. So I was always raised with the thought that if something, if you needed help or if you wanted prayers or just to pray, to give thanks, you always went back to your ceremonies or you smudged or everything. And so I was lucky like that. I was raised like that. Um, And I'm just, I just want, I wish more people could have had the experience I had growing up. And I want more people to have that. So I think like with this podcast and with the Comeback Society and with the projects, the workshops that we envision and hope that they come to life how we envision that this will be a chance for other people to have those opportunities within themselves if it's not available within their families.
1: Mm -hmm. It's like so nice to for like me and Alicia to be like, this is our comeback story. This is what we're coming back to, but also to have somebody along with us. That's like already a spitting image of what we want the next generations to be.
2: (laughs) Oh, gassing me
3: up over (laughs) here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But like, honestly, if we think you're like for people to find this within themselves, it's like, if we look at what we want our next young people to be, it's like to grow up in their culture, to be so in tune with their spirit and the way they want to walk life. And, and you, it's, like, good to already have a role model that's there. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and you guys are going to be doing, like, are already on the way to do what, like, my musham did. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys were raised non-cultural setting, and my Mushom found himself again, found his ways. And look at you guys.
0: You're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's been a good journey, and it's mm-hmm. been, like, a lot of help, like, with the Anaquad family, right, becoming, you know, like, I was already kind of on my way to finding, you know, myself and my culture, and then you know, I started dating Joel and then it kind of opened up the door and, you know, we started going to ceremonies and I started to, you know, really understand. And, um, I used to long for that day to like know who I was and like, where did I come from? And, um, but then I realized that I was longing for a place that didn't really exist for me. I needed to find my own roots And then I build my own traditions and building my traditions because your traditions could be passed down from anybody. And, you know, the Anaquad family has taken me in and shown me so much and that, you know, I was searching for that, but when the time is right, it will come.
1: Mm -hmm. It's almost like we, well, it is, we have three different narratives here and it's like, you're in a place that's totally different than me. I'm still, I'm still wandering around figuring what it's all about and Sometimes my little kids at the home I work with are like, how would you even learn to be Native? And I'm like, from the internet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) It's, it's definitely, it's hard. And then, you know, trying to find, like, when you are entering and trying to look for, you know, people to share Indigenous culture with you, there is a lot of kind of, like... It's, it's sometimes it's not welcoming because people are they just they don't know how to share or they just you know they're scared to share right because our, our culture was you know um, illegal at one point it was bad and so they don't want to share and so when you are trying to find people to share it, it's it's so complicated and it's such a t- weird journey um, but
2: you're making yourself vulnerable
0: mm-hmm, putting yourself into places and if you don't know it's, it's hard and it's like You know, how do you walk up to someone and say, hey, can you teach my my culture, please? (laughs) There's
1: there's a lot of power that goes into being like, I know nothing, but I want to learn. Mm -hmm. I might make a lot of mistakes along the way, but that's just kind of like a part of it. And like, once you get there, that's, you're in a position where you're putting yourself to be a very strong person in the end.
0: Mm -hmm. Like I started uh, probably like six years ago. It was right before my accident. And I knew I wanted, like, I always known I was brown. I look brown. (laughs) And, you know, so I was known. (laughs) And I just wanted to, you know, find these people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Kokum Denise just compared her skin color.
0: (laughs) I'm pretty brown. (laughs) Um, But I ended up, like, volunteering in, like, my community in Regina here. And I went to... Um, all nations hope. And I started, you know, hanging out with the people there and I started to kind of slowly figure out like who could kind of help me out here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I had met, you know, Paulette and Jan and And then I ended up like, you know, being adopted. And the crazy thing is, is uh, Paulette is from Muscapeding. And so I was like hanging out on Muscapeding with her. And then I found Joel. (laughs) And then it was like, I was already like going out to Muscapeding as like, that's where like my adopted family was from. And so I was like going out there and then I met Joel and I was just like, everything Mm -hmm. works out for a certain reason. And like, we have no, there's, I don't know how it does, but it will work out (laughs)
3: Well, your, your great-grandma was from that neck of the woods, right? So from Pasqua, Muskogee. <laughs> Just to clear
2: the air, they're not related. <laughs> well, we wanted to
1: start out talking about how we're all sisters, but now you need to explain yeah. how me and Joel are cousins. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, guys. Okay.
3: Follow um, along. <laughs> that's not perpetual stereotypes. <laughs> In tradi- Co-ownership of the story. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But traditionally, right, mm-hmm. people, people in any given community, um, you may not be related to any of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you, you do have a nuclear family that existed, right? And mm-hmm. and um, even if you were related to a bunch of them, that means you're
0: like the British,
3: the royal family. <laughs> you got more people
0: to love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> but, but i
3: i think that i think that when you when you seriously think about it um everything does happen for a reason mm-hmm. and and um what are when when you think about it what um what are the chances uh statistically that this person was your great-grandmother, then this person was your grandma, then this person was your mother. And you have relatives from all these different groups of people, mm-hmm. even if, you know, you might not know all of them. Um, because people marry, and then they have, you know, six, at one time, six or eight kids, was very normal. And then fast forward to, you know, 2015, or, you know, when when you met Joel, and I think when you look at that history of events, right, the, it, it's time to give thanks mm-hmm. seriously to, to your higher power. Mm-hmm.
0: It really changed, like, just thinking of, like, all the times that we probably could have crossed paths and, like, um, you know, cro- like, our families are so intertwined and we could have crossed paths so many times, but we never did. And then, you know, I met Joel when I was 19 and... You know, I was working in a bar and he would be there and we would kind of talk, but we would never, like, talk. And I drove him home a couple times and, <laughs> he, you know, and so, like, he'd be like, do you want to come in? I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> and so, like... but <laughs> that's how she found her culture. <laughs>
3: No, but, like, that was, you know,
0: when I, I'm i 27 now, and that was when I was 19, and so it's been a few years. And then we reconnected when we were both meant to reconnect at that very time, and then, you know, to be able to create this. Not only, like, you know, then my sister has been invited in because, every like, your family is so open, and then, you know, just growing, and then, you know, Ivana and, like, all of our other friends have been, like, you know, invited in as well, and so it's just been,
3: like, Everything was meant to happen, mm-hmm. and and when you think about it, like in your journey of becoming reaching what you would like to do, you have to admit that you've been supported very much, mm-hmm. right? And not everybody can say they have a partner like that. Mm-hmm. Right? In, in fact, sometimes you know your partner doesn't understand that need for you to to to. Um, to empower yourself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that happened for a reason
1: too—to mm-hmm. yeah. be able to grow individually, but also together at the same time.
0: Oh yeah, it, it's so crazy. Like having a relationship, and um you know, not really growing up in like a in a stable place to know what was normal and what what wasn't.
3: I wouldn't want to grow up in a stable. <laughs> 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 That's a lot. Of- <laughs> with the dad
0: jokes. <laughs> But like knowing now um <laughs> wow. <laughs> but she's got a point. <laughs> well, what I was trying to say <laughs> was um <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but what I yeah, what I was trying to say was just like how We, like, now I can live, like, we're living a healthy, you know, normal relationship. And before I could only ever live in chaos. And then now, like, you know, Joel runs his business and we're creating our own. And, you know, we're bringing a baby into this world and we're still, like, you know, but we're still both individually our own people. And, like, learning to grow together through that and as professionals and as, I don't
1: know. That's that's a (laughs) part of your comeback story is, like... (laughs) The best part about, like, talking about coming back from something is, like, being able to highlight where you are now and, like, how important that is and how how great it feels.
0: Yeah, because you told me, the little girl from the hood, that I was going to, like, live this life by the time I was 27. Oh, I would not believe you. Like, there would be, even five years ago, I couldn't imagine, you know, having what I have today.
2: Recognizing your journey is always important.
0: What's your journey? (laughs)
1: E? <laughs> Where'd you come from?
2: <laughs> who's your mom? <laughs> who's your dad?
1: Who's your hamster? E.
2: No. no.
1: <laughs> we'll edit that out.
3: No one has a hamster here. I thought it was funny. <laughs> the next time someone asks you who's your dad, you just tell them straight up. My mom said not to tell anyone. <laughs>
2: Hopefully my dad doesn't listen to (laughs) this. Sorry, Kevin. (laughs) No, growing up, I didn't realize, like, how many, like, First Nations people didn't grow up with culture. Like, I would say in my, like, early 20s did I really come to realize that how lucky I was and, like, recognizing that other people didn't have the same opportunities I did. And, like, once I met Alicia, learning about her and her Like, how she grew up is crazy, and (laughs) she has a crazy life, man. She needs to write write a biography. (laughs) I'm on it. (laughs) But, like, learning how, like, she's just now learning the culture, like, it's very admirable that she has that strength and she has that courage to dig deep within her, to want that for herself and for my... Unborn mm-hmm. nephew,-
0: mm-hmm. thank you,
1: and I think that's what we want for like everybody moving forward. like I work
2: with indigenous youth
1: now, and a lot of what I see is their concept of indigeneity is like the hood and low income and mm-hmm. poverty and just being able to survive and I can't wait for the day that they they stop just surviving, and then they
0: they
3: truly get to live
0: mm-hmm.
3: What I've noticed in my um professional life. As many of our young people, um, they, it, it's kind of sad in the sense that they embrace too much of that which is not a part of us, and they let it dictate their their actions. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it it it's it's fun to listen to rap. Mm-hmm. It's fun to wear your cap backwards. It's <laughs> fun to. You know, go party once in a while. But I think when those things get control of you to the point where you miss out on what you were raised with, mm-hmm. you discard what you were raised with, or you, you just let those parts uh, uh, rule what you become. And you may not find the success or the stability that you're mm-hmm. looking for. Mm -hmm. and sometimes
1: you are never raised with it and so it's good that we're here trying to create a space where we're open and not judgmental to be able to come in and be like Mm -hmm. this is all i know but i want to know more and what does Mm -hmm. being indigenous mean to me and how can i explore that alongside people that also look like me and they're on the same
0: journey Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm yeah And so like the podcast is just kind of, you know, a place where we're going to share stories of resiliency, but then, you know, at the same time, we're also building the nonprofit to offer just that, to offer these programs to urban, you know, individuals. Um, Or just anyone who wants to come and learn, it's going to be open to kind of anybody. And, you know, we are in the middle of a pandemic, so we are kind of getting more um, online Virtual, like virtual, mm-hmm. yeah. So we're kind of being more creative, which, you know, hopefully we can touch as many people, you know, in those remote communities too that are struggling, um, and just provide a little bit of a, you know, a safe place.
1: We just want to create a little family. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: Auntie Lexi. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And doing it, yeah, and doing it just with, like, and having, like, um, you know, hun- like, our son is going to be here next week. By the time the episode airs, he'll be here. And so, like, you know, doing it and, like, knowing that, like, we're going to create this together and, like, we're going to be such good role models for him to, you know, grow up and really be a part of these conversations because, you know, he's going to come with us to all of our events and stuff like that that we're going to host in the future. But for him to, like, see... And him to grow up in a world where it's just so normalized that Mm -hmm. this is like, Mm -hmm. this is us. He's
1: going to grow up like Caitlin. (laughs) (laughs)
2: He's
3: going to be a nurse too. He's going to tattoo his eyebrows on his (laughs) face. But we need, if if he grows up to be a nurse, that would be awesome because some of our elders um, um, to this very day, um, they are um, very respectful um, um, and they don't always like to have a a, a female who is not their their wife, um, you know, doing mm-hmm. doing the necessary things, as if we are incontinent or something. And I think that the male nurse population would would be, you know, I think our our young men would be awesome.
0: hmm Yeah, I'll support him in whatever he decides to do, mm-hmm. and if he wants to be a nurse, mm-hmm. Auntie Caitlin's got him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> or he can. Over, not overpower, but, like, um, go beyond me and be a doctor. He <laughs> could be.
1: A nurse mm-hmm. practitioner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> He'll do something amazing, I swear. Like, you know, it, it, they, he came at a certain time for a certain reason in the middle of a pandemic, right? Like, there, there's a reason that he decided to come now. And so... Sorry, I was, right um, now he's coming. Right, right now, now.
3: <laughs> she's he's counting like, I, contractions. I've been
0: having contractions. Well, not well, Braxton Hicks. Mm. They're not the real damn thing. I wish <laughs> <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they're still pretty painful though. <laughs> this is your birth podcast. <laughs> Join us
1: next week for the birthing story.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll be doing it. Yeah, well, I'll just have Hunter. Like, I just envision him, like, being, like, wrapped up on me and, like, us just talking and having conversations. Like, like how important, like, you know, how important it is for him to, like, hear what's going on around him mm-hmm. and, like, what we're creating. Big things. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm.
1: It may be a lot of failure along the way, but
0: that's good you know what, it will work out exactly the way that it's meant to work out. And so I think, you know, not having any not- expectations or... Yeah.
2: Like well, we have expectations expect- for ourselves, yeah. but like for the actual like programs and <laughs> workshops, like it's going to be a lot of um, trial and error, mm-hmm. figuring things out, what works, what doesn't work, um, figure like trying to reach out to different populations It'll be exciting, yeah.
1: It's a if journey. We're, if we're learning things along the way, then it's as, as as
0: successful as it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for joining us, <laughs> of <Come> today.
3: <laughs> I'm just having fun listening to you guys and watching you, and um, you know all the positive energy that you, you know that 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 you um, pour out to to anybody um, who's listening. Like, um, I think it's a really joyous thing to speak that way, and and. To speak lightly but seriously. Mm -hmm.
2: And roasting us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Having this. Cook on the
3: news keeps us humble.
0: (laughs) She really does. I know. So like in the future, I guess, like when um, we are releasing our episodes, it will be biweekly. And then, you know, Lexi and Caitlin here are both working shift work. So they're working 12 hours, five days a week. Um, And so sometimes one of them might not be able to make it. But so that's kind of, you know, that's what you guys can expect. Um, I'll always be here. Cook Denise. (laughs) So get ready for my voice. (laughs) We'll have
1: like a live episode from the bingo hall.
0: Interviewing. (laughs) Tell me your comeback story. Have you ever won? (laughs) (laughs) How much are you up? (laughs) Are you ever really up? (laughs) But, yeah, so in, you know, uh, just so you guys can kind of have a better understanding. So I'll always be here. Lexi and Caitlin will kind of switch in and out. Cook 'em Denise will be here when she can, but probably every day.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll just get her with tea and coffee and some donuts for her dogs. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, no, not donuts.
0: Goldfish. and bits. Kim <laughs> And I'll get you some goldfish for you. I'll have a little bowl.
1: It's exciting. Some of my favorite podcasters are people just talking and like listening to them. I'm like, oh my gosh, their episode comes out on Sunday. And it's like, I
0: get to hang out with my friends today. (laughs) Yeah, I hope that we can provide that for other people, you know. And even if only five people listen, you know what? Five people listen.
2: We're reaching Mm -hmm. someone. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Even if it's just our moms. I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) Gaylene will be the first time <laughs> hey, Gaylene, shout out to
3: our mom <laughs> but I think I, I I think that some of them some of the your podcasts probably will be uh fairly light and and there's going to be some things I I believe that you will read or hear in 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 between your um, each podcast and I think that if it causes you to think more than once about it then it's worth talking about Mm -hmm. right, especially in in um, you know who we are and where we live and that not everything is just you know fun and dandy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the real raw that's why we kind of wanted to stick with like
0: not really editing doing too much editing just really letting the conversations flow Mm -hmm. um, to really just show like who we are as people and Mm -hmm. we don't want it to be kind of Super structured.
2: Yeah, this or is one of our first po- podcasts, though.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry if you have to turn the volume down. And
3: you laugh.
0: Yes, we are learning in our editing skills and stuff. So you guys are going to grow with us as we, you know, record every episode. We're going to get better. We're going to find things that works for us. What doesn't work for us? How to speak into the mic? How to edit? How to do all of this? So just stay with how us. How to do an introduction? We got about ten clips. <laughs> But overall, I'm so excited for you guys to be joining in in our podcast and to listen to what we have to say. And I hope that we can all hear from you guys as well. So if you guys ever wanted to come onto the podcast to share your story or just a piece of advice, we can just talk. Um, we could do a Zoom or we can do a phone call interview. Or if you are in the Regina area, we could either come to you or you could come to us. We'll make some tea. And we'll put on some goldfish.
2: Put on some goldfish. I mean, <laughs>
0: We'll have some goldfish available for you. (laughs) (laughs) Like the little crunchy crackers. Not the fish. Not the fish.
1: (laughs) Cook of Denise Denise was so hopeful at the beginning of this.
3: Okay, yeah. This kind of went south in a big hurry. (laughs) Are you serious? No. No. Laughter is really good.
0: <laughs> so tune in in two weeks from now. Okay. thanks. I was joining.
3: married into the Annaquad family for 34 years and you have to laugh at stuff when you had a brother-in-law like mine. Yeah. I didn't get to meet like him like but... when
0: you have sisters like me.
3: <laughs> you
0: have to laugh. I feel like we fit just right in perfectly. Like, we good. No questions asked. Kinship. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, everyone. So, see you, see you in two weeks. Yeah, see you guys in two weeks for the next episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Keep you. Go up in. Hi hi. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Stay healthy. <laughs>